It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anybody could have. Well, well, there's two of us anyway. It's the Hoops Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer, the inspiration behind today's intro, is with me to talk Penn State basketball, Mike Rhodes. Uh, Nate, excellent job as usual. I appreciate that. That was that was inspired for us to get started here after a very long hiatus. It, T. Frank, it's you, me, and the listener. We're, <laughs> we're all together, and we are the three best friends, as, as uh, all Penn State basketball fans know. Uh, this is, a, you know, it, it takes some real dedication to, to follow Penn State basketball, but here I am, here you are, and here hopefully they are uh, ch- checking us out. I, I'll be honest with you, the... Uh, it was an interesting few months uh, since we've done this, I think, where yeah. uh, multiple people kind of came up to me and said, hey, when, when's, when's the Hoop podcast going to come back? When, when, when are we doing a Hoops podcast? And I was like, uh, I don't really have anything to say right now, <laughs> but uh, just give me a minute. Give me, give me a minute to dust myself off here and, uh, and pick up the pieces and get, get back in action. And, and here we are. I asked you in so many ways on our breaking news videos on the YouTube channel, like, hey, what do you think of the roster? And every time you're like, dude, I don't know. They're not done yet. So uh, they're done now. So I appreciate your dedication to measured approaches and responses. Um, So you got to give us something, though, because here we are. I know. I wanted wanted to give the people what they want, but I I just couldn't then. But... uh, but now I can because, uh, you know, I've been able to gauge a little bit of feedback uh, of people who have seen these guys. Right. They've been on campus since uh, two weeks ish left in June, maybe the middle of June. I mean, some of those guys, Nick Baldwin or excuse me, Ace Baldwin, Nick Kern and Zach Hicks were all at Penn State pretty early, actually, in the process. And they were able to spend some time up here. But to get the whole group together. Uh, you know, that, that took a little while. So those guys have been back. They are in their fourth week of off season workouts. They get eight weeks to, to do so. And at the end of this um, eight weeks, in another four weeks, they're going to be in the Bahamas. So they will, they will kind of cap that session with, with work in the Bahamas, but four hours a week on court. And yesterday, actually Tuesday, July 11th, Penn state invited the media to, to come check things out. So we had some, we spent some time with Mike Rhodes, got about 30 minutes with him. We spent some time with some players, um, Kanye Clary, Leo O'Boyle, Puff Johnson, Ace Baldwin, Ray Quandis Mitchell, Zach Hicks, and Nick Kern were all available. Uh, and so we, it was nice. It was a good. It was a good opportunity to talk to some of those guys. And then we followed all of that with about an hour of watching practice. So it was, it was good. It was enlightening to, to yeah. be able to finally get to, to see some of that stuff. 
Well, that's that's really, I think, the nature of this is that it's uh, all a fact-finding mission right now for everybody. We're we're in the early stages of learning all like so much newness, and uh, we're going to get to a bunch of stuff today. And basically, Nate, we're going to go through Nate's brain in a in, uh, I don't want to say chronological order, but in in the order in which makes most sense to him, and I also think makes most sense um, for how we want to consume all this. But just off the bat. I want to get your impression of Mike Rhodes. Uh, what is your impression of him so far? Because I know you've had interactions with him um, through press conferences and things, and you've observed yep. him so far. What do you think? What's your what's the vibe of uh, of Mike Rhodes? I think he's getting more comfortable. Obviously, you're going to have the um, you know the butterflies a little bit at the beginning of of any relationship right where it's, it's you're just kind of feeling things out what's the right thing to say and and how do you best project yourself right we're we're all actors to a certain extent and and there's a certain image and a certain how deep um i yeah i know that was that was too deep I, just come no <laughs> i love it i, I so, see that's that's how my brain thinks i've had to train myself not to say things like that because people just stare at me like i'm weird and i'm like you but it makes weird. sense yeah you're right it, well it is and right so you, you get up on that podium and you, you try to present the image of yourself that you want people to see and to, for people mm -hmm. to consume and so everybody wins the press conference right <laughs> everybody wins that opening press conference but it's about the work that happens after that and so for mike rhodes I think it was this mad dash of like keeping the house of cards from, from totally falling over. I mean, yeah. the, the, the program was going to go through a massive transition with or without a coaching change, but with the coaching change, it just, it just meant that it was that much more monumental of a task to get installed, keep the players that as many players as you possibly can, and then go out and build a roster. So for that to, to have finally taken place, I think they took, I think, uh, I think it was 59 days was mm -hmm. said was the, the length of time that it took for them from zero to, to 13 scholarships. Um, you know, but after that 59 days, he's been able to turn the corner. I think a little bit, they've been able to breathe. They've been able to, to get their bearings. And most importantly, they've been able to start the process of, of creating a, a team, a product, right? I mean, what, what is Penn state basketball going to look like this season? I, you know, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't come out of thin air. There's a lot of work that goes into that to be able to pick the players that you want, uh, get them to commit and then create a plan for them to, to how they can possibly look on the court. So, yeah. That's that's a that's a big undertaking, but now on the backside of it, he, he's able to be more comfortable. Is, is the long way of saying that is he, he's more comfortable now, and he looks it, and he acts like it, and he seems like it. Yeah, I, I love it when guys are very specific. When just in general, people are very specific about how long an event has lasted. And I I, I think the quote <laughs> that you had was, "It's been 103 days we've been on the job." And it's like, oh, that's not specific whatsoever. You haven't been counting every hour of every day. If you're like, it's been 103 days, it's it's almost like a the first hundred days of a presidency. Like just the things you need to cram in to the no beginning doubt. of your job as as a coach to get things done. And I think that. Uh, kind of illustrates how breakneck it sounds like things have been. Yeah, and 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 look, there, I, I've said this before, and I, I might sound like a broken record at this point, but that hundred days in a presidency comparison is really 
good because it's it's not just about every like all of the boxes that you can tick off as much as it is hey what what is the culture what's the foundation of this what is this going to look like long term and you want to make sure especially on the front end that you're doing all of the right things to to build on moving forward because if you've got cracks in the foundation it creates problems and I've seen it. I know what that looks like mistakes that you have to undo as, as time goes on. And look, I'm I'm not saying for a second that Mike Rhodes will not have made any mistakes on the front end. I'm sure there are things that he would have liked to have gone differently or, or, or ways that they would have played things out differently. But overall you're trying to get as much of that stuff right as you possibly can so that you don't have to, to swing back and circle back and fix things down the road. So speaking of that culture, um, let's get into some of the things that you observed yesterday you want to talk about in terms of Mike Rhodes and what he said yep. and kind of yep. establishing these things. So so where are we starting when it comes to your observations from yesterday's press conference? So so aside from what I just said, which which probably was I would describe as the underlying theme of the entirety of the press conference was just like getting things right on the front end. The interaction uh, that I'm going to have you play here in a second about wanting to win it was really the thing that that stood out the most to me was like uh, it's the the time of the quaint storyline of Mike Rhodes being from Pennsylvania coming back to Pennsylvania like oh th- this is nice this like that yeah. sentiment he really kind of stamped that out he he said uh, oh, okay nope we're not doing that we're we're here to win Oh, absolutely. I, I didn't come back here because it's my home state. I came back here because I want to win. And I want to win in the Big Ten. I want to win at a cool university like Penn State. Uh, the neat thing about it is I was able to come home. So, yeah, am I, am I still excited? Probably more excited. I'm more excited because of the, the guys are here. And I like this group and the way they've worked and the way they've gotten along uh, to start this summer has me even more excited. I do love that. Of that was the narrative uh, of the opening press conference, and there was the the homecoming feeling. I was there. I remember hearing all yeah. of those words and all of those things. Yeah. So when reporter asked, "Hey, what about all those things?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't care. I want to win." It's like, f- <laughs> yeah, yeah, football coaches, basketball coaches, wrestling coaches. Coaches are going to coach. Like all that feel good stuff is great, but when it comes down to it, the nuts and bolts are how are we going to win, and how we're going to win as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Totally. There were there were no yingling jokes yesterday. It was very much about what this team is going to be and and how to get them there. So I I thought I thought it was look, there's a certain amount of um, you understand to be at this level, to have that type of a job, you have to be ultra, ultra competitive and guys can turn it off. I think they can they can diminish it in terms of the public sphere and be able to interact with fans and be folksy and, and um, you know, all those types of sociable things, but underlying it is, is that competitive fire. And I I think that certainly he's a guy who, who may not outwardly all the time project that, but inwardly, I I definitely think that's there for him. It's an, it's an obsessive compulsion where it's a secondary nature. You don't really know how to control it. It's just what you do. It's it's how you're wired in a lot of ways. And and that's, you know, uh, I think a through line for a lot of coaches. And like you said, just how much can you mask it? How much can you portray the act 
that you want to be uh, to the public and to people that aren't on the inner sphere, which is always why we're, you're so reliable, Native. Like, penetrating in there and getting the information of what's actually going on inside of a program. You and Fitz and, and Ryan and Greg do a great job of getting through that veil and that barrier to get the, the information. So what else did you glean from yesterday? Yeah, it's, it, and so to, to that end of, of what's actually going on is – he kind of recounted this this frantic build of a roster and and the intention that they wanted to have um, in in building it right like how important these certain factors were um, of building the roster right it's not it's not just about the the types of players and fitting those pieces together that you can possibly have right how many how many guards how many wings how many forwards all all that stuff is fine and well. Uh, there's the element of roster distribution. He talked about that a little bit in terms of, um, you know, how many seniors they had, juniors, sophomores, uh, freshmen. But more than any of that, the the important part was like who fits, who who yeah. fits as a as a cultural fit, who who feels that it's more important to have a winning program at Penn State than it is to necessarily maximize their final year of college basketball, right? Or, or, yeah. or what, whatever the circumstances are. I mean, this is, it's complicated and everybody understands that that is a lot of secret sauce is being able to corral that out of your players when so much individualism is, is like projected constantly, right? You, you, yeah. you're, tr you're trying to maximize your experience so that you personally can succeed at the next level what's the but, what's the main thing going on in college football right now it's name image and likeness it's not yeah. university image and likeness it's your individual face you know the the way that a lot of people describe this is like you're your own brand your own economy totally. and everyone wants to be the biggest economy like why wouldn't you be you yep. know it, it's nothing it's not any different than what I think a lot of us uh, do outside of sports, you know, businesses want to have the, the biggest share of their economy. And, you know, we want to have the biggest share of sports Penn state economy. It just, yep. And in that pressure, that obsession with that can sometimes get in the way of the, the main, making the main thing, the main thing, which is being good at basketball and being a good team. And, and having results that I don't think it, it's a coincidence. Two things I'm going to say. One like everybody's taking this approach now, right? Is, is what you see across the street of football with uh, you know, the line that they say is with team success, individual success follows, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Rhodes brought up when he was talking about Penn state's players that, that got drafted and, and are in the NBA, Mike Rhodes made a point and I thought it was fitting was those guys would not have been drafted as high as they were or drafted at all. Yeah, had yeah. Penn State basketball not had the success that it had as a program last season, yep. their excellence on the court was proof to GMs that, I mean, if if Jalen Pickett's standing in a lineup and you're not watching him play basketball competitively, you he's not a draftee. Bottom line, yep, not picking on to him. the next one. On to the next one. Uh, and Seth Lundy is, is the same, right? His athleticism was one of those things. It, anyway, yep. I, I am getting way off topic. But the point is, he was able to to bring those types of guys in. They feel uh, that they aren't going to have those types of locker room issues this year. We wanted to get the best players we could, but most importantly, that fit what we want to do in our, as I call it, our family. 
the guys that guys are going to play for the name on the on the front more than the name on the back makes be be about something that's bigger than ourselves that's just that's just me that's just us and some guys want to do that some guys don't we want to try to identify those guys that want to do that and be a part of something that they're going to be very very proud of for a long time I've always been that way and I have no problem to say no we're going to pass on that guy because he doesn't fit us because um I I've always believed in the in the craziest time or the most intense time or when you need those guys the most they're not right and I want to play against those guys and I've always felt that way and so uh, it was very important that we got the right pieces it was very important that we got uh roster depth meaning we didn't want to have a ton of grad transfers or a ton of new freshmen or sophomores. We wanted to have some class balance. We also wanted to have depth overall so we could play multiple guys, a lot of guys, and play guys that can play, you know, be versatile players and play multiple positions. So, you know, we, we put all those stuff in order, but the, we had to make sure it was a fit for me, a fit for our staff, and for what our program is trying to do moving forward. Do like how he he frames that of not only we don't want that guy, but I yeah. want to play that guy because yeah. that's not something you talk about. That's I don't think that's something that we really think about too. Is like, oh that he's not going anywhere. That athlete that is that is you know I think in basketball it is magnified of like the 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 and one uh, AAU guy that's like it's just all about me. You want to play that guy because he's going to fold, and and I think that that's an interesting way to frame it as well. That it's not just about what you're bringing it, what you're bringing in, but what you then get to to play against if you have the opportunity to play somebody like that in the Big Ten. He's he's fun. Yeah. Rhodes is fun. I mean, he he says some interesting stuff, and and to be honest do with you, his do you buy it? Here's the thing: it's like usually the guy who is that on this scale is also a really good player. Like it's not that you have to back it up to a certain degree of being really good. Uh, in order to uh, get away with that behavior, so that's that's it. That's an interesting way to frame it. But I'm also like, but you really want the dude with a handle that can go to the cup at any moment, right? Like you also want, of that course, guy. of course. But you're you're just hoping that the personality meshes with. Look, uh, I don't think that this is any surprise in basketball. All these sports are different, right? It, it's 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 different makeup of how many players it takes to influence winning, but. From a foundational sense, the belief that five is better than one, I think, is well founded. It really, really yeah. is. Right? I, I mean, look, surprise. Does, does Penn State? Does Penn State basketball have as much success last year if Seth Lundy and Jalen Pickett are the only guys who are on night to night? And and before you answer, I'm going to answer it for you. No, obviously we like, not. We have months of shows talking about that. Where it months was like, who's going to step up today? Which who's going to be the other guy? Correct. When Andrew yeah. Funk and Miles Dredd, you know, when those guys were able to produce, that is what got Penn State over to the top because you are, you yes, you had that consistency for, from those two guys in, in Pickett and Lundy, but you need more than that. And I, I don't think that it's a, a radical idea at all that you might, you might turn down. Look, this, <laughs> this is more hypothetical than anything because there's no actual best player in the world who's like beating down the door to play right. at Penn State as long as you shower him with attention and give him all the love in the world. But <laughs> that is not the narrative we were going with this offseason. It certainly wasn't no. the case. 
No, so it, but if you if you have the right mix of guys that that are all on the right page, Micah Shrewsbury used to talk about locker room lawyers, right? Like that was his phrase, and I loved it because you you understand that dynamic in the locker room of guys who will complain and and mm-hmm. right. It's not it's not about like the big blow up with the coach. It's about hey, what what does it do to your locker room when one guy is saying to the other guy who didn't play? man, you know, man, coach, coach has something against me. Right. Like, I mean, coach, this coach is doesn't believe in me. Like, Not that I, not that I've memorized all of uh, Penn State football's core values, but positive attitude is number one workplace positivity. You know, it is workplace for them. Like yep. that is having, hang, having a negative vibe around your organization, whatever it is, creates problems. It creates inefficiency. And these, these are, ruthless machines of efficiency and you need people as the the cliche goes everyone pulling the rope in the same direction so it is it's 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 integral and it's also coach speak i hate i hate that because it's all important and it's unquantifiable like we can't really (laughs) talk about it in realistic ways because it's like i don't know it's the locker room it's the place that it's theirs not ours which which is why the the next clip is so perfect for right now. Which is when he's asked when Rhodes was asked yesterday how like setting the bar for expectations. Ultimately, I mean, this is going to be about a two minute answer here. He says, "I, don't I, I know. cut it down a little bit, so we won't get to all of it. You have to <laughs> give some of it." Okay, well there there's the two second version. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Still to be determined because we've. But I'll know that here in a couple more weeks. Where how I feel. Um, I love how hard we compete. I love how hard we practice so far. Really like our guard play. Uh, it's probably a little bit better than I thought it would be. Um, I, I, I want to. I hope we're a better shooting team than I thought. Um, we have some guys that are really shooting the ball well right now. But you know the bleachers aren't pulled out as I say. The lights aren't on, so that's that's different. You know the biggest thing is it's easy in the summer because there's no adversity. Now, in the next few weeks here going to the Bahamas, I'll create a lot more adversity for our guys. So that will, that will, I'll understand our team a little bit better with that. Uh, the adversity uh, that occurs in preseason, especially preseason and when the season starts, when you go on the road or you get down, you know, 10, 12, 15 points and you find out what your team's all about. The producer in me, when I saw that the length of the quote, I was like, I- it 60 was seconds, 60 <laughs> seconds is what I can do. <laughs> so what did I, what did we miss? What else did he say there that you wanted to get to? Because I, I believe it's very important. I just wanted you to say it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess the, I think that the shooting part is a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we'll get to that when we go through the, the practice impressions, but also what, you know, what they need to be defensively. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that there are just, there are things that he can't know yet that I appreciated his honesty over, right? Yeah, which is it's kind of a bottom line proposition. But he 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 could have taken a lot of different directions there, but to choose, yeah, I you know this is this is a process, and we'll see. Uh, I think is is uh, certainly the appropriate one given the the circumstances that they're under right now. Is it also because? It's all new, right? So he's yep. new. The players are new. Everybody's new. Everyone's new to each other. Is that part of the reason why we don't know? Because a lot of times coaches will say that of like, you know, every year is different. Every team's a new team, even if you bring back most of the players. Like, but this is 
unbelievably new. People from all over the country coming together to play basketball, um, almost in like a, a um, like not the Olympics, but something like that, where you're building a team out of other teams' teams. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think I think later in the clip he talks about the roller coaster, right? The the peaks and valleys, and how there's there's just a lot of time for that to, to happen for those different things to happen. And, and sometimes in coaching, I, I will say this, uh, that I, that I like and appreciate so far in interactions with, with, uh, with Rhodes. He's obviously been through this before. This isn't his first time. Yeah. He's been doing this for a long time. He has these experiences. He understands the dynamic of year to year, every team having its own personality. And now, so let me, let me clarify something for you. Just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but when you say he's done this before, do you mean he's had to build a program from scratch or just like, he's obviously a veteran coach because I think both. it's interesting. Yeah. He's, he has the history of having to build stuff, right? Yes. Very much so. Both. It's both. He, he, uh, when he started, he, he actually t- told me about this this summer. I, I interviewed him at coaches versus cancer. And he talked about how I believe his first team at Randolph Macon he had to replace seven players, which for the time, that's a pre-transfer portal era, was a yeah. bunch of different players. Like, that's a bunch of guys. When he went to Rice, he had to do that. He had to replace a bunch of players. So he he has been through these circumstances. He's been through a ton of different circumstances. And so, yes, the competition is going to be different. We're going to see about the Big Ten for him and for the program that he's building. Yeah. But in terms of coaching experiences, there's a lot of parallel lines and, and crossover things that, that apply from one experience to the next. And he has that and he acknowledges it. It's, it's interesting to watch. So do you want to go to what you heard from players next? Or do you want yeah. to wrap up with, uh, we have one more quote from Rhodes here about practice and, and what he's seen so far. Where, where do you want to head? Let's go to let's go to the players just because I'm gonna I'm gonna tick these off real quick. Uh, okay. Let's talk let's cool. talk about a couple of the players. I, I was able to catch up with a few guys, um, and and just have a couple of thoughts, and then we can go through practice impressions. Um, the the first one, the thing that stands out to me what is checking in with uh, Ace Baldwin. Right? Is it, like there's no reason to hide what this is, which is he's the guy. He's mm-hmm. the guy that he is. He was their number one target in the transfer portal. They had to work to get him out of the transfer portal and not because of one particular skill. It's because he is expected to set the foundation for the program. And he's expected to, in a lot of ways, influence and carry this team. He can't do it all, but he can influence others to be able to, to get the most out of them. So, you know, I didn't say it in that many words, but I, but I asked him, I was like, Hey, you know what, what's the pressure? How do you, how do you feel about this, this dynamic of being the guy? And he was like, uh, you know, that's what I'm here for. Uh, that's it. Like, this is it. That's, that's why they brought me here. That's why I'm here is to do that. Yeah. And so he doesn't look at it as pressure. He looks at it as his responsibility. And I love this is to be himself, mm-hmm. right. Is, is just, to not be somebody else, but he he is very clearly a confident guy to begin with, but mm-hmm. he projects that out to others, and I think that it has, uh, you know that that's that's like the secret sauce for him is that yeah. that's the big deal is that he his personality carries over. He knows how to handle people. He knows when guys are down. He knows when guys are up. He knows when it's time to joke. He knows when it's time to to not joke. 
right, to be serious about something. So yeah, they're they're really really counting on that as a program, and he importantly is bought in. Like he that's that's what he wants to be, and that's why he's at Penn State. Uh, I'm interested in the dynamic of Ace Baldwin, Kanye, Clary, Clary, yeah. great athlete at the position. Um, maybe not a prototypical basketball player, but damn, does he move well? Both guys are, are are point guards, right? So, like, what's the dynamic there of how they plan on? You know, not not all. We're not going to know exactly, but like, what's the general idea of getting both those guys involved? They're going to play together. They're going to play yeah. together, and th- that was something that I think uh, a lot of people felt wasn't. I, I mean, I, on its face, it doesn't seem right. Right, because you have a, a lot of duplication there in terms yeah. of skill. Interestingly, they're both left-handed, uh, which yeah. you know it's going to be interesting to kind of explore that dynamic as the season goes on. But now, I mean, Ace is going to have the ball in his hands. Clary's going to be off ball at, at times when they're on the floor together, and and that's why Clary's been working on his shot. Um, they both are able to penetrate and dish. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of possibilities there where just because you have some skill overlap doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be creative about the way that they use them. And so when I, when I asked Clary about it specifically, he was like, no, it's havoc. Like that. I, I, I think the question was, what's it like when you two are on the floor together? And he said, it's havoc. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, you're right. Creativity. We, we saw last year a six foot, two six foot three guy play the post essentially (laughs) so uh it's less it's 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 less of a drastic change to have one of these guys off ball um but what about the rest of the team in terms of expectation and and what you learned from them uh yesterday yeah we we've got a lot more time to talk about this stuff so i'll keep this one brief but puff puff johnson is he's he's um he's just so refined I guess is is the way that I would put it. He's he knows he's which still, fork to use. He knows which fork to use. He's got he's got the napkin folded correctly <laughs> on his lap. No, he's but he's he's very well spoken and able to project. Um, yeah, like it's it, he he sounds like a coach. That's what it is. Is it's not it's not um, you know like I, I don't know. He, he's he's just he's just able to to. Um, carry through a message that I think is very mature, um, you know, for, for his age and experience, all, all of those different things um, to, to be able to have that type of guy on your team and be leaned on the way that I think Mike Rhodes and his staff are going to lean on him is, is really valuable. Um, you know, so that, so he's, he's going to be an interesting guy to watch a guy that is from the Pittsburgh area originally went to North Carolina for a couple of years. Didn't really have that big of an impact, obviously has a, a, a pretty well-established NBA star brother who, who's playing in the NBA. Uh, so yeah, it's It's going to be interesting to see from him what type of an impact he can have this season. So what you saw these guys running around shooting, yeah. uh, what would you think? I thought that it could not have been more different from Michael Shrewsbury in the last two years than anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was full court pressure. It was, you know, trying to get in passing lanes defensively. It was a ton of work. Um, like they don't, I think, rely on they, Yes, there's a system in place. There, there are things that Mike Rhodes acknowledged that they're going to work on to, to be able to get these guys to all be in the right place at the right time. But it's a different element of 
athleticism that they're dealing yeah. with and, and yeah. trying trying to create points off of turnovers pushing the ball off of misses right they, they really want to fly up the floor um which you know is, is something that that shrewsbury hat right it's not reinventing the wheel here but it's just yeah. there are just some pretty pretty clear differences in terms of pace that tonal I think shift that you, right you so saw. like yep. very different tone i remember uh looking at some of the 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 players and how things might work and uh, I remember saying to you, like, oh, so th- there are some similarities here. And you're like, no, very different. And then you look at the roster and athleticism, size, length. You saw in the recruiting process through the portal that uh, Penn State's going to look, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, they're going to look like a basketball team this year. They're going to sure. have size and length everywhere. Sure. And, well, and and crucially, they have a center. <laughs> they have a guy in right? uh, Quadis uh, Wahab who is a center. Like that, he's a six foot eleven. He's a big dude. He is a big dude. You you notice him on the floor. He uh, you know can play above the rim. Like all all the cliches that you can think of. He he does that. And actually, I I was somewhat impressed by his like ball ball skills. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's able to to uh, collect the ball. He he didn't really have trouble with that at all and he's a veteran so there's a lot of those things that have had time to marinate and get better for him over the years that he spent at georgetown and maryland so it's it's different though it's it's, it's definitely different and i i will say one of the things that is is gonna be interesting to me is last year at this time i i probably could have just based on insight and um, you know, having a little bit of time around the team, I, I probably could have projected like a starting five mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't this year because mm-hmm. I, I do think that there, there are, there are probably a couple of guys, you know, look, Broggy, the, the Iceland kid is, he's going to be down the the bench, right? He, he needs to develop. He needs to get bigger, uh, stronger, all of those things, but he, he's a developmental piece that can get better over time. Uh, fave, uh, Ira, the, the kid from Miami, the center from Miami, he looks uh, to be a little bit of a developmental piece. He, he needs to develop some skill around the basket. But outside of those two, you can look at 10 guys-ish that can all play and don't feel like they're that far apart. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's going to be an interesting... Thing? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I mean, I think that what you want is for for guys to separate. You mm-hmm. you want that dynamic right now to not be the dynamic in October or November. You want you want somebody to step up and be so obviously better than the guy that's pushing them that yes, both are options, but that you feel comfortable and that it's not really a tough decision about who you're going with. Yeah. Right? So th- th- who's starting? Everybody's asking this. Who's starting? Ace Baldwin. Ace is going to start <laughs> after that. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very curious to see because I, I think that they've got a lot of options. I think uh, Kanye Clary could certainly start with him. Uh, I think uh, Rayquandis Mitchell could start. Honestly, I think that uh, DeMarco Dunn could start like, and, but now you're talking about four guards. Like that's not, that's not what they're going to look like. So some yeah. of those guys have to compete with each other and, and separate. And then that's going to be an interesting process to watch. Is the depth also necessary given the speed with which they want to play? So it's not just sure. that it, it it was intentional and they're going to use these guys and, and depth is going to be a, 
unless they get some exceptional endurance athletes that they're not going to be that throughout Mike Rhodes career at Penn State, they're going to play a lot of guys because they want to play fast and they want to empty the tank. You would, I mean, you would think you're going to have to see, right? like, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be different. There's going to be um, energy spent at this level in terms of the demands defensively to, to play full court defense. You know, we, we always, we always talk about these guys like they're video game characters yeah. and that they don't yep. get tired. They do. <laughs> they do. And so there's, there, there are all of those things that a coach has to weigh of, okay, maybe you, maybe you can empty the tank with your first five and do a line change. And that's how you're going to play. And you're going to constantly have fresh legs on the court, but that's, that's, hard for me to envision just because I haven't seen it. Right. right. We haven't at Penn state. I haven't really seen that over the years. They haven't had that type of versatility. They haven't had that type of depth. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that, uh, how that kind of shakes out in terms of who, like how many of those guys are actually viable, right? Is he, is he going to play eight, nine, 10? I mean, we'll find out. This is the Hoops Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. He is Nate Bauer, Senior Insider for Penn State Basketball. Uh, what else you got? Wrapping up the show here. What are your other observations? What else do you want to get us out of here on? Throw, throw me that clip because I think that it's an important. It was a question that uh, I believe John Sauber asked from the CDT about what their strengths are offensively, what he sees them as. And I thought he uh, basically carried over. Right, What he said was what we saw uh, in practice for that hour. Strengths offensively, I, I think we have guys can make some plays with the ball in their hands, uh, without a doubt. Uh, we are shooting the ball pretty well right now, so I like that a lot. Um, I think guys are doing a good good job, especially early as a new team, sharing the basketball. I think that could be a weapon for us. That ball's hot, and it, and, and lots of different guys are making different plays for each other. Often, uh, you know, we, we, we gotta be we got to finish better at the rim. And not, I don't mean big guys, I mean everybody. Um, we have guys that can really drive it, and I think guys that can get to the rim. But uh, I think we got to fit in the A area, as I call it. Uh, the NBA calls the A area around the rim. we got to be better finishers in the A area um, against contact and stuff like that. Uh, and then, you know, just, we're just learning how to play defense the way we play defense. You know, that that's always takes time, but we'll get them right there. So what I heard there is I'm happy we're shooting better than I thought and we need to finish better at the rim. That sounds like a great recipe for not a lot of points if you don't figure those out. So is that is that a concern with this group that offensively are they going to hit massive dry spells next year or is it on a calibration of where you want them to be and where they are now and it's still it, like, you know, acceptable? It was almost like he couldn't believe how well they were shooting, right? Like that's that's what <laughs> yeah. it seemed like. Is like uh, that's a red flag. I'm saying that's a red flag. <laughs> like I I want I want it. Like they wanted to bring in good shooters, and that was that was intentional, right? They mm -hmm. they very much targeted those guys early because they knew what Ace brought to the table and what Kanye brought to the table. But you need to surround those guys with with players on the perimeter that can hit shots, but. Uh, it's not, I don't blame him for, for laying it out the way that he does. You have to do that in a game. It's different. It's mm -hmm. different. Like Leo Boyle uh, does not look like a big 10 player necessarily. His foot speed isn't great. He, he's not, he's not the most athletic kid in the world, 
but he hits shots. And if you can translate that to the Big Ten level, like shooting on air doesn't change, but defense and quality of opponent does. That that changes. So when you put guys in front of him, he's going to have to be, you saw it with Andrew Funk. I mean, he, he's yep. always been an elite shooter, but he had trouble sometimes this year to get that shot off, to get open, to get the ball because yeah. opponents are going to handle these guys differently. So it's a, it's a very, it's a very front facing acknowledgement from Rhodes of, of what this is. And they didn't finish well yesterday that you had guys doing pushups after missed dunks, after missed layups, that kind of stuff that they're, you got to be better at. It's very clear that they're making an emphasis on finishing around the rim. And then, yeah, shooting it was good yesterday. They were really good on air. Demetrius Lilly knocked down like six three-pointers in a row. He was very impressive. He's not a guy who's going to take a ton of three-pointers, but to have it on the floor, to have that as an option is, is intriguing. It's a, it's, you know, probably in the the bag of tricks, but you got to do it. You got to do it when, Mm -hmm. when the game's happening and, and that's going to be, that's going to be the hurdle to clear in a couple of months from now. What a dissatisfying final thought. Accurate, <laughs> but like we have to wait. What I, I, this, this is in no way a uh, reprimand on anything you just said, but the reality is like, yeah, we have these early impressions, but just like with football, there's a lot we got to find out, and it's only going to happen when it happens. And uh, we've got a couple months before we get to that with basketball, but we'll be back before then because Nate Bauer, he is excellent at what he does. Nate, thanks. This was an awesome show. I appreciate all of your insight and your information. For, for uh, Speaking on behalf of the fans, love that we're back doing this. This was great. This was great. It's like uh, riding a bike. We're back. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do it again. We will uh, let you know next time this comes up, the BWI Hoops podcast. We will be at some point back on YouTube. This is an audio-only exclusive, which, by the way, I, I've, been, I've been feeling like we've been neglecting our podcast audience because of some of the shifts we've made. So I'm happy that there is something just for you guys here on the podcast side, the Hoops podcast here from Blue White Illustrated. Great time to remind you, if you want to get more of Nate's thoughts, subscribe to bluewhiteillustrated.com, where all of the, the original source, the source material comes from, is on the message board and in premium articles from Nate. Uh, we'll have more here from podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check out our YouTube show as well. Anywhere in the world on social media you are, you're going to find us there. We'll talk to you next time on the Hoops Show.